0: Welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with David Corin from RVA Wealth Management. Our podcast is all about providing anyone considering retirement with the confidence they need to pursue their dreams in this new phase of life. We cover a wide range of topics, from retirement planning to investing with purpose, all while making you laugh and keeping things lighthearted. With David's years of experience and guest industry leaders to help guide us, you'll walk away feeling informed, empowered, and ready to take on your future with confidence. So sit back, relax, and get ready to join us on this journey to a new life.
1: Welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with your host, David Corin. I'm Wendy McConnell. Now, David, we are talking about how to unleash your retirement in essence. So we're going to focus a little more on personal finance and as you like to call it, personal finance on steroids.
2: Yep. I teach a class uh, on a regular basis here in the Richmond area uh, that a lot of people have attended in the Richmond market. I do define it as personal finance on steroids because we really dig into a lot of things. And most people who take the course tell me afterwards that uh, it's something they wish they had done years earlier. However, it's very, whenever you do get this information, it's very, very um, powerful uh, and eye-opening on a lot of levels because there's a lot of information I want to cover in my series here. Uh, and my objective is to basically provide people with all the tools they need to successfully retire uh, with or without working with an advisor. So that's sort of part of this is just, this is education at its rawest, if you will.
1: <laughs> no, I get it. So as I get close to retirement. What should I be doing to prepare for that?
2: The very first thing I tell people in my class always, and this is true really of anything that you do in life, uh, you need to have clarity around what your objective, what your goal, what your new um, personal um, passion is going to be in retirement. You know, right, for most people, they spend their lives and their primary purpose is work, right? You know, you know, it's what they get up and do every day. You know, now they may be working for the family, but a lot of their life revolves around their work. Um, and what I tell people is that you really, when you start thinking about retirement, the most important thing you can do is gain clarity around what you're going to be doing in retirement. So everyone's retirement is different. You know, some people want to uh, have a extended vacation and that's sort of the old school thinking And a lot of people would, uh, I'm just going to be on vacation. You know, that's it. But uh, however, that can get really boring. I know I like to tell the story. I had a, a friend of mine, uh, years ago, uh, very, very successful. In fact, he actually, <laughs> he has a few buildings at Penn state named after him to oh. give you an idea of how successful at any rate uh, this gentleman I met him as part of uh, my prior career when I was an, uh, an executive for uh, one of the um, companies that I used to work with and um, he had it was, he was he had started this new business and he was talking to him and he said you know David I sold my business he was about 45 50 and he sold a business and we're talking never having the kind of return that you never have to work again OK, we're talking, you know, the kind of return that you can have. You can have a building. You can make a donation and have buildings named after you. OK, that kind of money. And, you know, he said, you know, I, 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 I decided I was going to really get my golf game down and I just really started to relax. I was enjoying myself. You know, I got my handicap down to like a, a almost scratch golfer, you know. And he said, but, you know, I was sitting in the clubhouse one day. This was about a year later. And he said, I was sitting there and he said, I was, I realized I was miserable. You know, I had all this time and golf and stuff like that. Just fun stuff. Wasn't cutting it. And this is someone who also had a, by the way, he had a place in the mountains where he skied. So he's, he could go and ski in in Colorado or he could, you know, have his really nice home on the, one of the nicest country clubs uh, up in Pennsylvania. And uh, he said, you know, I was sitting there and I was just bored out of my mind. I said, Well, what's what's important? He said, I, I sat down and I just he, he said, I've really got to get myself together here. What do I want to be doing with my time? And he really started thinking about what he loved to do, what he liked to do, what he was passionate about. And he realized that what he really liked to do was start businesses, create businesses. And he said, you know, I've got all this. Money. I can I can take this money and I can start another business. And he talked, he talked it over his wife. He said, that's what I'm going to do. So, (laughs) so uh, I, you know, he had some successful ones and some not so successful ones. Uh, But the bottom line is he had two that were more successful than his first one. Big deal. (laughs) So we're talking great wealth. Now why I like to tell about that story is because it emphasizes that he was no longer working to make money for retirement. He was pursuing a passion. And in pursuing that passion and starting businesses, he was mentoring. He was providing jobs for people, opportunities for growth. He was having a major impact on lots of lives by simply pursuing his own passion. So I tell people, hey, what's your passion? It could be you want to start businesses. It could be you want to go back to college and, and earn a degree in something else and pursue something else in retirement. You know, it's it's not necessarily the time that you just are on vacation, you know. And in fact, I would advise people strongly that that not be their only objective, because unfortunately, what happens, I also like to ask people in my classes, um, hey, how many of you know someone who retired and within a few years passed away. And I would argue that in most of those cases, probably all of them, many, many of them, the person had this mindset of just, I'm going to sit around the house and watch TV and be on vacation and didn't have a new purpose. And I really do believe that there is, I strongly believe there's a huge mind-body connection. Uh, and when you lose sight of a purpose, and you just say, I don't have any, I, I don't have a purpose anymore, your body will shut down. And I really think that's what happens for a lot of people. Now, on the other hand, I say, hey, yeah, that does happen. And I can tell you that everybody in the class raises their hand, because most people do know someone who retired and passed away shortly thereafter. But then I'll also ask, but how many of you know somebody in their 90s, or maybe even a 100? And I get hands go up for that as well. Uh, and I've got clients well into their nineties now. Uh, so you can live a very long time in retirement, but I would argue that most of those people that are living a long time in retirement have a new passion and I can describe them for you in many different ways. It's a, it, but it is a passionate new purpose, something they wanted to do. Now they have the time to pursue it and getting clarity around what that is for you personally is the most important step when you start thinking about retirement
1: is it common for people to still have that mentality that they're going to just be on a 20 30
2: year vacation (laughs) well i hope that they're not thinking that way but there are a lot of people that just haven't thought about it okay that's the other thing that happens is it sneaks up on you. you know a lot of people come to me you know uh, you know, we getting close. We just realized the other day, hey, I'm, I'm 56, I'm 57. I'm getting close to retirement. I haven't thought about it. You know, they've been putting money in the 401k, but they really hadn't thought about when are they going to retire uh, and what are they going to be doing when they retire? And they often get panicky because they don't understand, okay, well, how am I going to retire? What's it going to look like? Uh, It used to be that, uh, you know, the old ways, everybody had a pension, right? used to be that way. Everybody had a pension. The company took care of them. You worked for the same company your whole life. And then you retired and got this nice fat pension. And then you also got this nice supplement from social security. And that's what people relied on for retirement. They didn't necessarily set a whole lot of money aside for themselves in the past. Now that's not the case today because- I mean, let's face it. Many people have changed jobs numerous times. They haven't worked for the same company. Hell, the same the company they started with may not exist anymore. True. And the fact is, is that private pensions went away a long time ago. So most people today, unless they work for the government, state, or federal, do not get a pension when they retire, uh, and they have to rely on their four hundred one k. So that is different. That's a different mindset because. Uh, yeah, you sock money away for retirement, but gosh, how do you make that? How much do you need? How do I make that work? What if I retire early and have to pay for health insurance other than my uh, Medicare coverage? So there's all these questions that come up for people uh, and they begin to panic when they start to think about retirement. And it usually sneaks up on them.
1: How long do you think that you could get, you should give yourself to examine this thing because, you know, it's going to take some time to kind of experiment and figure out what this new passion and purpose is going to be.
2: Absolutely. Uh, The the sooner, the better. So I tell people, Hey, you know, you can be 25 and start thinking about this. Why not? You know, the sooner you start deciding what you want to do, what's your passion after you retire or, this is the other option. I mean, this is something that I tell people all the time too. Your passion may be, your purpose may be something that you can earn a living doing. Okay. Uh, I sort of feel that way about what I do. I I love what I do. I don't feel like it's work. And I I help people every day. We get to help people every day. And that is a very satisfying feeling. You know, so it's, It's sort of like, okay, yeah, I mean, I may have to retire at some point, but this is my passion, so I enjoy doing it. So, uh, you know, maybe I could cut back or something like that, but I still like doing what I'm doing, and I still love the people we work with, and I love being able to help people realize their retirement dreams, and that's how I like to think about it. You know, what is your retirement dream? Uh, How do you want to spend that time?
1: So you have to come up with like a personal, a personal vision for
2: how you want to live in retirement. Exactly. Exactly. And that then from that, you determine how to invest when you can retire and how to prepare. Then the planning gets kicked in without clarity from our perspective too, as advisors, without clarity about what you want to be doing in retirement, it's hard for us to plan. You know, and when do you want to retire? Very hard for us to plan if you don't know when you retire. Um, so, and, and more importantly, what are you going to be doing? All right. So a lot of people like to travel in retirement. Great. Wonderful. What kind of travel? Okay. Travel can be expensive. You know, you can, if you want to go overseas and travel, uh, you could be talking 20000 $30,000 plus a year for the two of you, if you're married, to travel. And I, I do like that as an option. People love to travel in retirement and I encourage it a great deal, especially uh, right after you retire. A lot of times I tell people, hey, plan that big trip as soon as you do retire. But let's face it, traveling costs money. So how do you prepare for that? And so what we do and often for clients that wanna do that in retirement, we'll bake in a travel budget for them. How much do you think you'll wanna spend on travel in retirement? each year. And how many, how long do you want to travel, you know, out to what age, you know, is it 75? Is it 80? Is it 85? How long do you want that travel budget built in? And cause let's face it, once you get past 75, 80, I'm not saying you can't travel. It just becomes more challenging because physically you're just not, because let's f- travel. It does. Well, I'll give you an example. I went on a, a river cruise uh, last year with my family over in Europe. And I average 17,500 steps a day. I've got my handy little Fitbit on, so I know that's what I average. In two days, I went over 23,000 steps. Now, that is a lot of walking. Oh, yes. And it takes a lot. You have to have decent stamina to do something like that. Now, a lot of people can do that right up until age 80 or 85. But, you know, some people... Get over seventy, and they're not going to be wanting to do that much travel. They're going to slow down a little bit, and so how long do we plan for that? Uh, And that's going to cost money. Also, you know, it could be that your travel really is going to be domestic. Well, your budgets would be smaller for that because you don't have to spend as much. And a lot of my clients, the primary spending they do on travel is to go see their grandchildren. You know. And a lot of people, a lot of my clients move around the country to be with grandchildren. Yes. So that's a big thing I see. I have clients now all over the United States because they have moved to be with grandchildren. They, they love Richmond, <laughs> but hey, you know, the grandchildren are now living in, in Phoenix, Arizona, or the grandchildren are in Wisconsin, or the grandchildren are in Texas and or Georgia or wherever, and they're moving. So they're going to where the kids are in many cases, especially where the grandchildren are. And for a lot of my clients, when they retire, that is a big part of their new purpose. They love being able to spend time with their grandchildren, do things with the grandchildren, spend you know they they like that's that becomes a new purpose for them, and they enjoy it a great deal. Or it could be great grandchildren. My uncle spent a lot of time with his great grandson because he didn't have any sons but he had a great grandson. He didn't have any sons. and didn't have any grandsons, but he did have a great grandson <laughs> okay. and he got to spend. So he started spending time with his great grandson who was doing baseball and all the things that he didn't get an opportunity to do with his girls and his granddaughters, he got to do with uh, with his great grandson. So it's, it really is, there, there are a lot of different things that people do in retirement can do. And then some people say, hey, You know, I'm not real big on travel, but I love the garden. I love to be in the yard. I love my home, and I want to spend money on my home. Uh, I really love the arts, and I want to be involved in the art community locally. You know, whether it be actually art or actual or music of some sort. And so they do volunteer work there, or that I want to give back to the community. So they join a local club like Kiwanis or the or the or something of that nature to where they can give back in their local community and get involved there. So there's all kinds of opportunities. In fact, if you look at a lot of these local community clubs, they are made up mostly of retirees because the retirees say, I want a new purpose. I have the time to give back to the community and I want to do it. And that, that's a difference. So. I just encourage people to think this through very carefully. Look at all of your options of what you could be doing in retirement. Think carefully about it and then focus in on what you want to do. And maybe it's two or three things. And then we build your financial plan around that objective. Uh, because again, that's real critical. We have clarity about what you're going to be doing. We know how to build a plan out for you.
1: And that will help you determine when you should retire, exactly.
2: exactly.
1: Let me ask you a question though that could be you know a tough one. Um, you know, sometimes people are not in the greatest health, and th- they want to say travel, but that's going to cost a lot more, which means that they probably have to work a lot more. Like how do you find a balance between those two
2: things? Well, you have to get real. So, you know, once we know what the objectives are and what the purpose purposes are, you look at where they are financially, then you can really delve into, okay, what can you afford? Uh, And it may be that we, you can't really afford that big dream where you travel a lot every year, but maybe every three years you save up and you could take a big trip, a nice trip. Um, You know, we, we look at that and we decide, okay, what can you do? Also when can you do it? You know, some people I've I've had people retire as early as age 45. You know, that's a whole different animal than somebody retiring at 70. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot that goes into that. It's a lot more complex and and can be a little more challenging. But you can support that and make that happen for people. There are lots of ways to do that that people may not be aware of. You can access your uh, retirement funds without penalty prior to age 59 and a half, if you know the rules, if if you need to, you know, and some people don't need to, you know, so we talk about, you know, there's different asset classes that we look at to determine what we, where, what we withdraw from first. And a lot of that depends on the age of the person, whether or not they're on Medicare and dealing with Irma, we introduce people, we'll talk about that later. There's lots of different things that that come into play that you have to be aware of uh, that dictate different approaches to where you pull money from. You know, we may want to do Roth conversions and get money into tax-free buckets as quickly as possible for you. Uh, we may encourage you to start putting money into a Roth 401k um, before you retire at some point. Or a lot of times, I encourage that for younger people, do the Roth early on. Uh, that way you build up a nice tax-free bucket. Be- 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 and once you reach a certain income level, then you switch over to something that's tax deductible because now you, your, your tax bracket will likely be, um, is higher now than it will be in retirement. So that's sort of some of the things we look at. You know, what tax bracket, taxes play a big role. And I've got a whole section, whole that we're going to get into on taxes. But that is something you have to think through very carefully and also your healthcare benefits and so forth. So it's a it's a process that we go through.
1: So as we come up upon retirement, how do we go about withdrawing money from investments without fear that we will run out of money?
2: <laughs> um, and that is probably the greatest fear people have yeah. because they don't understand money that well. And all they've done is, most people's experience, let's face it, with with investing, not everybody, but many, has uh, just been their four hundred one k, you know, or four fifty seven, or what have you, their their retirement plan, if you will. They picked some funds, maybe it's a target date fund or something. They put money in, and that's about the extent of their knowledge. You know, they really don't get into investing that much, and so they don't have an understanding of how money pays you. So there's a part of your portfolio that pays you yield. It's dividends and interest. So what's the yield on the portfolio? Because that's cash flow. Okay. That is your money, your investments paying you cash. And we can actually build a portfolio that is focused on yield for clients if that's what's important to them, you know, if that's what's needed. And that can be rather significant. We can we can have a portfolio paying three, four, five percent yield to a, to a client and actually covering all of their required minimum distribution needs from their portfolio. Um, that's another issue we'll talk about later. At okay. some point, you have to take money out. Uh, and that's actually when we talk about where you take money and sort of sequencing, uh, the required minimum distribution has to come out. So that's where we go first. We look at that bucket first. And then we look at your other buckets, where we if we need more funds than that. And if you're not at a point where you're taking an RMD, we don't want to take it out of the non-qualified tax-deferred bucket until we have to necessarily. Um, Or we may want to transfer as much of that money as we can from the tax-deferred bucket into the tax-free bucket, which is the Roth. So we go through this process, and then that gives us lots of leverage. We want flexibility when we reach retirement age. Uh, with our investments too. So when I say flexibility, you want to have the different buckets. You want to have a bucket that is what is called non-qualified or taxable money. You want a tax-free bucket, which is your Roth. And you want a tax-deferred bucket, which is usually the big bucket that is your tax-deferred IRA or 401k or what have you. So those are the three buckets that give you the flexibility. And then for tax planning purposes, we look at the tax issues and your objectives to determine where we're going to pull funds from based on your cash flow needs. So, cash flow is critical when it comes to retirement. And any plan that we build out, we have to make sure that we've got the expense numbers correct. Everybody spends differently. And I'll be honest most people in retirement spend less uh, and usually spend the same amount or slightly less than when they were working. Okay. It's hard to get people to spend more money. <laughs> I have discovered. Really? Oh so, oh yeah. We, we, we meet with people. A lot of times, many people have really overfunded their retirement. They don't realize that they've done that, but they have, they've been very frugal. You know, they've been maxing out what they put in their 401k every year and it's been getting bigger and bigger. And you know, now it's a million, now it's 2 million, you know, it gets really big. Well, and in fact, they also maybe have a pension from having been in the military and then they've got social security. And so when it comes time to retire, they don't need that much from their retirement funds. And what they end up with is a big bucket of money that and they don't spend it or find a way to change their spending habits. They're just going to be leaving a lot of money behind to the kids or the next generation or whoever their charities are. So encouraging people to spend the money sometimes is a bit of a challenge because if they are clients that don't really like to travel that much, what we often do is work with them on charitable giving and gifting to the next generation while they're still alive so that they can help their kids now. So if you can't take the money with you, which you can't, remember, right? <laughs> nobody takes the money with them. So if you can't take the money with you, make sure that you understand what you're going to be leaving behind and structure things so that you can in some way benefit while you're alive from those funds. And that can be a benefit of gifting that to someone else or to a charity. Uh, And that can be very satisfying. Uh, Actually, I've discovered I have clients that love the gift to charities. Um, In fact, that's one thing we can do with the RMDs is gift that away so that you don't have to pay tax on it uh, if you give it to a charity. So that's a It's called a qualified charitable distribution. So that's something we encourage clients to do. But so knowing when to retire, knowing how much you're going to spend, those are sort of critical. And then that determines what we can do with the investments. Now, if you're not spending a lot of money in retirement, you don't need that much necessarily. You'd be surprised. I think I've added in here a retirement calculator for people to go to and sort of figure out where they are. It'll be in the show notes, yes. And that will that helps people sort of determine well what's that target number that I need to be, and they might be surprised. They might already be there. A lot of people don't realize. You know, we do a projection for people that are still working, and we'll say, you know, what's your earliest retirement date, and still make things work. And they're shocked. They're like, oh, I can retire now, or I can retire in two years. What? I had no idea. So that's an important thing to discover too. So, um, but we have the opposite too. We have people that come to us that are spending a lot of money they may have invested a lot of money but because of their spending habits they're going to have a very challenging plan and you can imagine someone's done well they have several houses maybe they have uh, other properties out there that are costing them a lot a lot of tax a lot of overhead they're used to traveling doing a lot with their kids and things and grandchildren already they spend a lot of money. You know, you come in, you're spending two, three $300,000 a year, and that's what you want to do in retirement. Well, that can be very challenging over a long period of time. If you come in and you're only spending $30,000, dollars $50,000 a year, well, that's a whole different animal. In many cases, Social Security takes care of the bulk of it. So your investments then just become a supplement to a large extent. Uh, so anyway, those are the things we look at. Determine when can they retire? So, tell me what the four percent rule is. So, the four percent rule basically says if you are comfortable taking four percent out each year, then your money should last because you should be able to earn more than four percent. That's sort of the the mindset. Uh, traditionally, that has been true. It is not hard and fast necessarily because there are you know down markets can have a big impact on portfolios depending on how people are invested. But if you build a portfolio that, say, has a yield of 4% and then the rest of it we know is going to be invested for growth, you're probably in good shape because now you, your cash flow needs are covered. So we always say we want to make sure that we have enough cash and bonds on hand to cover five years of expenses for a client. And, and if we're there, we've, we're in most cases, the plan looks really solid if that's the case.
1: So... This was just the first part of personal finance on steroids. So much more to come,
2: David, right? Oh, very much more. Lots more. The most important, though, is to know the goal. You know, know the target, know what you're get clear about how you want to spend your retirement. Then a plan can be built around that.
1: Start experimenting on some new interests and hobbies and activities that you might want to spend a lot more time doing.
2: Yeah. Retirement should be exciting. It should be fun. It's a new phase of life. Think of it that way. Don't be like, oh, what am I going to do with my time? It's a fun time. It's an exciting time. It's an opportunity to do things that you didn't do during your working years and you wanted to, right? Things that you wanted to do while you were working, you just didn't have the time for. A lot of times that's what people like to pursue. David,
1: how can people get in touch with you if they would like some more information?
2: Our website is probably the best way because they can set up an appointment on there. rvawealthmanagement.com is the best way to reach us.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much. Looking forward to the next installment of Personal Finance on Steroids.
2: (laughs) Great. Thanks, Wendy.
1: And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time. I'm Wendy McConnell.
0: Thank you for listening to the Unleash Your Retirement Podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rvawealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 804-497-2100. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available.
3: Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal tax or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of RVA Wealth Management. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RVA Wealth Management, or RFG Advisory, or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, RVA Wealth Management, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.